0: Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Um, Today I want to be I want to wrap up our series that we've been in called Fix Your Eyes. Uh, This is a a series that we've done the past three weeks. And listen, if you haven't had a chance uh, to be here for all of those weeks, I want to encourage you get online. Uh, Check it out, man. Week one, Pastor Kendall uh, kicked it off. Last week, we had Pastor Sarah. Uh, This week, unfortunately, you have me, um, but we're still going to do this anyway. Um, But today, I want to talk to you a little bit uh, about how we can keep this going, how we can uh, run our race well, how we can live for Jesus, even when we don't feel like it. I don't know about you, but I love love the new year. I do. I'm a fan of, of the new year. Anyone else love New Year's? You're, you're a fan of starting over? I, I like New Year's resolutions. That's just something I, I really get into. Um, I, I love looking at my past year and I love feeling like I have a fresh start. I have a clean slate. I have, I have potential and I have uh, this new beginning that I get to start something, I get to do something different. I think it's awesome. I, I found though that as human beings, we relish in the opportunity to start over. We actually love new beginnings. And what's funny is uh, beginning of the new year is not the only fresh start that you and I have. I've been reading this book called The Power of Moments. It's by Dan and Chip Heath. And they, they, they had some research in there. And they had this theory called the fresh start effect. And researchers were trying to figure out if there was any weight behind this. That, that human beings actually have this new beginnings in more areas than just the beginning of a year. And so they decided to do some research. They decided to figure out if this was actually true or not. And so they, they started doing some research at a university. And they went to the university gym. They wanted to track the attendance because that's a common goal for people. I want to get healthy. I want to get fit. I want, this is my year to do that. And so they decided to track attendance at the, the start uh, of the year. And they wanted to see if there was any correlation to this fresh start theory. And so they found this. They found that the probability that students visited the gym increased at the beginning of each new week by 33%. Beginning of each new week, 33% people said, this is my new start. This is my new beginning. They found that it increased a new month by 14%. They found that gym attendance increased each semester by 47%. The fact is, you and I, we love new beginnings. I mean, think about it. Think about it. I know it's the end of the football season, but you remember the beginning of the football season, all the hype around it, your team, this was your year. And then the season happened and it wasn't. I mean, I I think about it too. Even I'm a huge golfer. I love to play golf. I think about even being on the first tee and I think about the potential of the round. I love thinking about what I could shoot, what the result's going to be in the first tee. And then 18 holes later, I I wish I could start over again, you know. (laughs) We love new beginnings, but here's the reality. Much like our beloved Cowboys, we're not very good at finishing. Too soon? <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I know it's fresh. Some of you guys that cut deep. Hey, hey next year's our year, though. It's next year, man. You know what I, I think is interesting, though? I, I know that starting is somewhat easy, Finishing is what seems to be difficult, keeping it going. Maybe you're like me. I found that following Jesus can be very similar. Trying to walk with God can be very similar. I get excited and I can get inspired and I can get encouraged and I can be passionate about the things of God. But sometimes it's really hard to keep things going. I've been a youth pastor now for a little over 10 years and one of my favorite things, one of the best things that we do is summer camp each year. Parents, if you have a teenager and they are available and of age to go to summer camp, you need to sign them up because we see more fresh starts and new beginnings at summer camp than any other thing that we do all year. I love it because we go to camp and we see teenagers at camp go, man, this is my new beginning with God. And they get inspired and they get encouraged and they're ready to go and they come back. Something weird happens. They go back to life and they get on Snapchat. And the gram is blowing up. They start hanging out with their friends, and this passion and this desire and this willingness to follow God, it slowly begins to fade. It's not limited to teenagers, though. Adults, we face the same thing. Sometimes it's hard to keep going, it's hard to follow God. Why is that? Why is, it, why is it so easy to begin? Why is it so hard sometimes to finish? Why is that? Could it be that maybe we've been fixing our eyes on the wrong thing? Could it be that maybe we've been thinking about this the wrong way? Today I want to I show you a few things in, in Scripture some things that Jesus said, some things that Jesus, I believe, modeled. Something really small that I think could have some very, very big, very big impact on our own lives. If you have your Bibles, we're gonna be in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, We're gonna be hanging out there for the majority of our time together. And I love this passage in Hebrews. The author of Hebrews, he actually speaks to this. He speaks about the, the 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 trying to keep going in fact if you're familiar with the passage you know that this is a very common passage that we love to throw around in christian circles especially if we have friends of ours that have a hard time or they're going through a struggle we're like man hebrews 12 you just got to run your race with perseverance we like to throw it at them hey it's going to be okay But maybe you're like me and and you've misunderstood this verse a little bit. Maybe you're like me and, and you're trying to figure out exactly what's going on here. Hebrews chapter 12 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You will not grow weary and lose heart. You know, I've heard this verse a lot, and maybe you're like me. At the beginning of this verse, he talks about this cloud of witness. And I always always wonder what a cloud of witness was. Anybody ever wonder what a cloud of witness is? Like, that sounds nice. I want to find this cloud. Where's the cloud at? That sounds like a nice cloud. I want to see this cloud. I never really knew what it was. And then I, I realized the cloud of witness is what he's talking about in chapter 11. In chapter 11, he describes people who have run their race well. They've run their race well, even in the face of death. Chapter 11, he describes people who, full of faith, in a time where it wasn't very popular to be full of faith, they were stoned to death. One guy was cut in half. I'm like, now this cloud of witness doesn't sound so great. No, but these are writers, and they took some creative liberty in describing some people that were full of faith that gave their lives. But what is he saying? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud, therefore, since we have seen it done, since we know that it is possible to run your race with perseverance, even in the face of death, even in the face of things that seem like you cannot get past them, it's possible. And then he goes on to say, you need to run your race with perseverance. Notice he doesn't talk about the beginning of the race. He doesn't try to get you all jacked up about the start. He doesn't try to inspire you to just get going because that's not the hard part. No, he, he goes right to the middle. He goes, hey, you're gonna have to run with perseverance. And the way that you're gonna have to do that is you're gonna fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of your faith. Now, this verse, it, it didn't really interest me very much, if I'm honest with you. First of all, they're running, and I got a very strict policy about running. If something's not chasing me, I'm not running. So I'm not interested in running, and then you got to fix your eyes on Jesus, which I'm a fan of Jesus, but uh, Jesus, he took the cross, and I can't take a cross. So that's, that's too hard for me. So I, reading the verse, I'm like, I don't think I can do this. It seems too hard. But I want to I show you something today maybe you've never thought of. Fixing your eyes on Jesus may not be about what Jesus did, but how he did it. Maybe, maybe your life this year Maybe that thing that you want to accomplish, that result that you desire, maybe it's not about one big moment. It's not about one big shift. It's not about one big change, but it's about small things done over time that lead to a big change. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. See, Jesus was a different guy, wasn't he? He was different. You know, the Bible says that Jesus often withdrew by himself and he prayed. He did things that no one else Did We know through the the recordings of in the Gospels of the people that followed Jesus, they were with him, they walked with him, they saw how he did things. We know that Jesus said things like, those that can be trusted with little can also be trusted with much. He said things like, if you'll have faith as small, as a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, move and it'll move. It's interesting the language that Jesus used. It was not about these big moments, it was about these small moments little bitty things done consistently over time that led to big changes. Today I want to talk to you about this very thing. I was doing some uh, reading of the past couple of years. And there's three books I want to show you today that uh, I feel like they have just taken what Jesus has been saying for thousands of years And they've broken it down in a way that makes it a little bit more palatable. It makes it a little bit easier for us to understand. I think that's what happens in culture. I feel like there's things that Jesus has left us in this book that's full of truth. That's full of grace. And thousands of years later, sometimes we start to figure it out. And we start to prove what God had been saying the whole time. But these books are where I I got a lot of my content. These books are this. The Power of the Habit by Charles Duhigg. Power of the Habit by Charles Duhigg. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. And Atomic Habits by James Clear. Atomic Habits by James Clear. They all talk about little things done consistently over time that lead to big changes. Craig Rochelle, he says this. He says, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Interesting. Stephen Covey says this, that the habits you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. The habits that you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. The, the fact is the habits, they matter. That it's not about one, one moment. But it's about those small little things that you do every day that lead to big changes. If you're gonna run this race with perseverance, if you're going to fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of your faith, Maybe it's not what he did that you need to be focused on, but how he did it. Today, I want to show you three reasons why you and I don't succeed. Three reasons why it's really hard for us to run this race with perseverance. Three reasons why we have a hard time being consistent every single day when it comes to our faith. The first one is this we focus on the results, but we ignore the plan. We focus on the results. And we ignore the plan. I think this is because we have grown up in a society, we have grown up in a world that is all about the snapshot. It's all about the perfect image that we can put out there for everyone to see with the perfect caption. I mean, that's what social media is all about, isn't it? Let me make sure that I've got the right angle. I've got the right filter. I've worked on this caption. I make sure that I put my best foot Forward, And we look at these things and we look at these influencers that, that post these pictures and we go, why isn't my life like that? What's wrong with me? What, did I, what am I not doing right? And we forget that that is a result and we, have, we pay no attention to the plan that it took to get there. Focus on results. We ignore the plan. When I was in middle school, I played basketball. I was the point guard of my team in the seventh grade. And in seventh grade, I thought I was a grown man. If you have a seventh grader, you know what I'm talking about, right? You're like, they think they know it. Like, I don't need you. I'm a grown man. Seventh grade, I'm a, I'm a point guard for my basketball team. And I remember I had this coach named Coach Tarver. He was a country boy. Coach Tarver, he loved, he loved to say, holy stinking cow. That's, that was his favorite thing. you walk by the gym, he's yelling, holy stinking cow, at kids. We used to yell it back at him because we thought it was the funniest thing. We were in seventh grade. I remember one game, we were getting spanked. 15 points we were down by. We're like, man, this is terrible. We ran this defense called man-to-man. So what we practiced. is what Coach Tarver wanted us to do. And so whatever position uh, the guy across from you played, and if it was just your same position, you guarded him. Wherever he went, you went. You were responsible for that man. Man-to-man. Five of us, five of them match up. Well, we were getting smoked, and the, the problem was this team was, they were bigger, they were faster, they were more athletic than us, so we were, we were not going to win this game. But seventh grade, Matt, I was looking at the score and going, this is, not, this is not good. This is not okay. So I got my teammates together, and I said, guys, holy stinking cow, Coach Tarver don't know what he's talking about. We need to switch to a zone defense. Now, we, we never practiced a zone defense, Okay. <laughs> But seventh grade, Matt, I'm like, hey, 30 seconds, that's all I need. I'm going to teach you is zone defense really quick. It's really easy. If a guy goes over there, we trap over there. If a guy goes over here, you guys, we're going to trap over here. If they goes down to the middle, we squeeze him, okay? It's really easy. We can do this. Mm-hmm. Seventh grade, man, we barely passed algebra. We can run a zone defense in 30 seconds. <laughs> I kid you not, we switch to this zone defense. Coach Trevor has no idea what we're doing. Two minutes later, we're going to be by 30 now. <laughs> I remember coach calls timeout and he's yelling, holy stinking cow, the whole time. And I'll never forget, he looks at me and he goes, Stump, what are you thinking? Then he says something really cool. He said, guys, you're worried about the score. Quit worrying about the score. And we may not lose, we may not win this game. I'm trying to teach you something. We've been practicing this man-to-man defense. Stick to the plan. Stick to the to the plan. Stick to the plan. And when we play as a team, it doesn't matter how big, strong, fast, athletic a team is. We have a plan. It's going to work. We ran our tails off the rest of the week. Coach, I mean, we, we ran and ran and ran, but we never went to a zone defense again. <laughs> we, stuck, we stuck to the plan. We don't focus on the results. We ignore the plan. Think about this. Maybe you've never thought about this. Did you know That what we read about Jesus in this book we call the Bible, the guy that we follow, the guy that we model our lives after, all the things that we love about Jesus. Do you know that those things were not recorded until Jesus was well into his 30s? Well into his 30s, that's when they started recording the, the acts of Jesus, the, the 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 miracles of Jesus, all the things that we love to talk about and the things that we love to model our lives after. Yet we look at the results that Jesus got and we go, why isn't my life like that? And we forget, could it be that in the 30 years leading up to the G, the ministry that Jesus started, could it be that God was preparing in him a plan? Could it be that God had a plan and he said, hey, Jesus, before we get to the ministry that I have planned for you, I needed to develop in you some small little things. I needed to develop in you some perseverance because there's a cross coming and I need you to have the perseverance to endure it. Could it be that God had a plan and he was going, hey, Jesus, I need to teach you some small things. I need to teach you how to honor your mother and your father. I need to teach you how to love people that don't love you back. I need to teach you how to be faithful with the small things so I can trust you with things that are much bigger. Isn't it interesting? Even Jesus, the son of God, we tend to look at the results. We forget that God had a plan. Did you know that winners and losers have the same goal? That Successful and unsuccessful people, they have the same goal. They get different results though. Did you know the Cowboys and the Patriots, they had the same goal at the beginning of the season. Did you know that? Did you realize that? Now, I'm, I'm going to call it early when the Patriots win next week. What? Listen, I, I just, I'm a, I'm a fan of greatness. I think that's why I love Jesus so much. Tom Brady is great. Did I just compare Tom Brady to Jesus? I did, okay? Have you ever seen that man's hair? Okay. Perfect. Now, here's the deal, though. I, I've been listening to ESPN and all, all the talk shows talking about this game. That they say that Bill Belichick and his team, they are the best at coming up with a plan. They don't just have one plan for one game. They've got two plans for one game. They split it up. They're the best at planning. Come on, Cowboys. Pay <laughs> attention. Pay attention. We focus on the results. We ignore the plan. James Clear says this in Atomic Habits. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You will fall to the level of your systems. You don't rise to the level of your goals, but you fall to the level of your systems. Yet we focus on the results so much and we tend to forget that the results are a product of the plan. A product of the plan. We're so focused... On the result, we forget small things done consistently over time that lead to big change. The second thing that we tend to mess up is we don't see progress fast enough, right? We don't see it fast enough. Researchers have come up with a thing called the consistency effect. Surprisingly, consistency effect says this, small things over time lead to big changes, Now, we're not used to that because that's not modeled for us every day. No, you know what's modeled for us every day? The the Amazon Prime effect. Click a button, it's on your porch in two days. That's what we're used to. We've been modeled the Chick-fil-A effect, okay? You go to Chick-fil-A, 6 o'clock, 37 car, long line, okay? But two minutes later, you've ordered a meal for six of you and your family members. They've got it hot, fresh, extra Chick-fil-A sauce, and it's their pleasure. How did they do it? I mean, come on. It's amazing, We've been modeled the online grocery effect. Just order your groceries online, pull in. They'll open the door, put your groceries in, two minutes later, you're out of there. We are ready. We're used to progress so fast, and we don't see it fast enough, and we convince ourselves, this is not for me. Oh, God's not who He says He is. Following Jesus is not worth it. Perseverance. man I'm, that ain't nobody got time for perseverance. I need it now, I need it now, I need it now. We were used to seeing progress fast, and when we don't see it pr- fast enough, we give up. And so we wrongly conclude that small, good, disciplined decisions done every single day don't matter. I'm going to get fit this year. So you go to the gym five days in a row, and you're so sore by the weekend, you can't even move. So you got to rest. And every time you move, your whole house can hear you. because You are like, ah! can't even sit down without it hurting and you got to let your muscles heal so you don't go the next week and you missed last week so you might as well miss the next week and babe i bought the three-year plan i signed up for the three-year plan i'll get to it it's okay one day hey having consistent meals with my family every night i know it's good but man our schedules are crazy it's it's hard I know, I know praying with my kids, I know, I know I should be doing that, but I'm not even sure praying is something I should be doing. I, and tithing, I started tithing. I tithed for a month. I tithed off two paychecks. Nothing happened. The only thing that happened, my bank account got smaller. That's it. I didn't see nothing. I went to 21 days of prayer and I prayed. God didn't answer my prayer in 21 days, though. I don't feel different. I don't feel like anything changed. We convince ourselves that these small, good, disciplined decisions done every single day don't matter. The opposite is also true. We, we wrongly conclude that small, bad decisions done every single day don't matter. Oh, man, I'm hungry. It's, I ate a whole bag of potato chips. It's just one bag. I know, I know that God has someone out there for me and I know I should be waiting patiently. I know, I know I should wait. I know I should date with integrity, but oh man, they're, they're here now. I, I know I shouldn't undermine my spouse in front of the kids, but I, just, I, just, I get caught up in the moment. I know I should do my homework. Come on, parents. I know I should do my homework, but video games are here, man. Hey, come on, it's just one thing. I mean, come on. They average it all together, Mom. It's going to be fine. <laughs> and We wrongly conclude that small bad decisions done every single day don't matter. The truth is, your life is not the sum of one, the sum of all the things that you do every single day. And it's the things that no one sees that brings the results that everyone wants. Isn't it interesting that the Bible says that Jesus often withdrew by himself and prayed? By himself. He he wasn't putting on a show. This is a discipline that Jesus had. By himself, and he prayed. I love what Paul says in Galatians. Something we try to keep in front of our student ministry volunteers, because if you have been around or have a teenager, you know results you don't see results very quickly, do you? I mean, it's difficult. You're like, what are you doing? I don't even understand what's going on right now. This is not my child. Paul speaks to this in Galatians. What does he say? He says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. At the proper time, man, it, it's, it's not these big things. When you're running and trying to run with perseverance, you're trying to fix your eyes on Jesus. It's not what Jesus did, it's how he did it. He was faithful in small things and then God trusted him with big things. Man, your, your life is not one big event that changes you forever. It's these small little disciplines that you do consistently every day. That's what leads to big change. It's how you run with perseverance. But we don't see progress fast enough. The third thing is we have a broken identity, a broken identity. I love what Paul says in Romans. Paul, I appreciate Paul because Paul is authentic. Paul doesn't try to filter and try to put out this, hey, this is really easy. He's he's really honest with us. Paul speaks to this in Romans chapter 7. He says, I do not understand what I do. You ever ever felt like that? Why why did I do that? Why did I do that? For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. I was just going to go into Target for some milk. $85 later, I left. It's not my fault. They got got Chip and Joanna Gaines and stuff in there now. I told myself I was only going to buy things on sale, but every time I use my Target card, I get 5% off. It's on sale. I know what I want to do, I can't do it. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I, I can't carry it out. And you know how many times I've I've been in church and I I get excited and I get encouraged and I feel like I'm I'm ready and I'm full of faith and I'm like, this is this is it. This is my fresh, this is my new beginning, this is what I this is what I needed, I needed this, and I get out of these doors and I walk outside and I start it's hard. I know, I know what I want to do. I can't carry it out. I want to be disciplined. I want to follow God. I want to run with perseverance. I want to be a, a godly husband. I want to be an example. I, I want to be a steward of the things that God has given me. I know what I want to do. But I cannot do it. And look what he says. It's interesting. What a wretched man I am. What a wretched man I am. Paul does what the enemy wants all of us to do. He attaches his failure to his identity. We see this in the Bible all the time. Pastor Sarah talked about it last week. This is what happened to Moses. He attached his failure to his identity. I can't lead these people. I stutter. I've got these problems. That's that's who I am, right? And so we've convinced ourselves that's just who we are. That's just who I am. I'm just not very patient. I'm not organized. I'm not good with... Money. I have a hard time being around other people. I, that's just who I am. And we attach our failures to our identities. And here's the problem an unhealthy identity creates unhealthy habits. And then these unhealthy habits reinforce this false identity. It's this cycle we get caught up in, this broken identity. There's an interesting study done in the power of the habit. They studied these smokers. They found that identity, man, it, it matters. That these smokers with the wrong identity, they had a really hard time quitting smoking. The scenario when it goes like this: the study. They'd walk up to a smoker and say, Hey, would you like a cigarette? And the first guy would say, No thanks. I'm trying to quit. And he would identify himself as a smoker trying to quit, that guy had a really hard time quitting smoking. The second scenario, though, they walk up and offer the next person a cigarette. And that person would respond with, no thanks, I don't smoke anymore. And they identify themselves as someone who does not smoke. That's not a part of my identity anymore. That's who I used to be. That's not who I am anymore. Identity matters. You know why identity matters? Because identity shapes action. And when you know who you are, you know what to do. Identity shapes actions. Paul says, what a wretched man I am. That's who I am. I cannot do this. I know what I want to do, but I can't carry it out. I know I want to run this race with perseverance, but I cannot run this race with perseverance. It's just not who I am. It's not in me. I know what I want to do, but I can't carry it out. What a wretched man I am. But then look what he says. Who will rescue me? from this body that is subject to death. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thanks be to God. I know I have a hard time running this race. I know, I I know what I wanna do, I can't carry it out, but thanks be to God because those that are in Jesus Christ, the old has gone and the new has come. Can I tell you your identity in Christ? You are an overcomer. You are blessed going in and blessed going out. You have been forgiven. You are full of grace, love, and truth. That's who you are. The old is gone and the new has come. Identity shapes action. And when you know who you are, you know what to do. So when you're running this race, having a hard time just keeping it going having a hard time running this race of perseverance stop looking at what Jesus did fix your eyes on how he did it the small things he was faithful with the small things God gave him much more your life you're not gonna be able to trace it back to one thing Changed everything for you. Small things done consistently over time. So leads to big change. So I have a question for you. Since identity shapes actions, when you know who you are, you know what to do. Who do you want to become? Not what do you want to do, who do you want to become? And then, after you answer that question, now what do you need to do? Because when you know who you are, you know what to do. Small things, done consistently over time, lead to big change. You'll be surprised, to never underestimate what God can do through small steps of obedience you may not you may not get it figured out this week you may not get it figured out quickly hey but don't grow weary in doing good for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up church our God is not just a promise maker he is a promise keeper there's a cloud of witnesses it has been done before you can run this race with perseverance stop looking at the result God has a plan for you what are the small things that you do every single day small things small things the small things faithful little God will give you much more who do you want to become What do you need to do? Can I pray for you this morning? God, I thank you so much. I thank you that your word is full of truth. It's full of grace. It's full of wisdom, God. God, I pray that today we leave this place with a little bit of clarity. God, I pray for all my friends running this race that are struggling with perseverance. God, I pray that you would get their eyes off of the result. God, that today you would speak to them something small, something that they need to start doing. God, that they would look back at their life and realize that these small decisions that they've done consistently over time, that is what has led to running this race with perseverance. Uh, they would be able to say, I'm a disciplined child of God. We love you. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.